0: England. Oh, here's six Gaspar Gaspar, you can finish it here! Gaspar! 2-0! Would you believe it? From one end of the field to the other, the crowd are in raptures. The England players, too.
2: Niece to see you, to see you, Niece. See what I did there? And welcome to Back of the Net, the England Euro 2016 podcast with myself, Sam Davis, and an angry, unconsolable, miserable Sean Barker. He's so irate in fact that he can't even speak. Sean, do you not want to do this bit? Okay I'll go solo so over the course of the next 40 minutes or so we'll be trying to come to terms with what happened on Monday as well as discussing the future for the England team the next potential manager of our national side plus we'll also briefly chat about Wales as well as giving our predictions for who is going to win the Euro Championship as well as this here's what's coming up on back of the net Well if you weren't already aware, judging by the fact that the podcast so far has been entirely me so far I was lying, Sean's actually not here this week So to discuss the match versus Iceland We've brought in Cherries, Manchester United and England fan Joel Fabian Who will attempt to dissect our 2-1 loss at the hands of a nation of 330,000 inhabitants Good luck with that Joel We'll also take a wide boy swagger down memory lane with another Do You Remember, where we feature an England player from yesteryear. Will you get it right this week? So with Sean absent this week, I've been left with the responsibility of donning the news uniform, but I can only find the bow tie that Sean left me. Is that right? Anyway, we'll be giving you a brimming bulletin of brilliance in the latest, and final, unfortunately, instalment of the England Euro 2016 news. Plus, we'll be giving our predictions on the quarter-finals, as well as our predictions on who we think will be lifting the trophy in the Stade de France in July. So that's all to come on this damp squib of an episode of Back of the Net, but first let's have a listen to your thoughts on what was a highly frustrating night in Nice.
0: Iceland are the worst thing I've ever seen, but the bit England and it hurts me so much. I'm devastated at that moment. Iceland, the worst thing I've ever seen. Well, honestly, first things first, fair play to Iceland. They defended so well. It's a bad week for Britain, bad week for the UK. Honestly. England had the chance, they played Iceland, they could have had Portugal. Well, they didn't show up, and they lost. Iceland, I'm happy they've gone through. A, they worked hard, but, I mean, England didn't show up at all.
1: I've been angry since the 90th minute. I've got a bit of a curveball my theory about it. Cool. In the fact that since... Well, here's the people to blame. Shilton, Waddle, Pearce, Gaza, Beckham. Anyone who's made an absolute blunder will be the unfortunate one to take that penalty when we've missed... And been then slated and murdered by the media. Ingram players since '98 have been petrified of being that one player. And that has put the fear of God into every Ingram team ever since. I am, I'm a, I'm a West End fan, and I've seen some ups and downs, but I've never seen uh, probably the my lowest ebb in my whole, whole
0: life of loving football. There was no fight, there was no passion, and I think it's got it doesn't stop with Justin, uh, with uh, Roy Hodgson. of course it does he's a manager now it has to stop with him they were absolutely appalling tonight mistakes regardless they were absolutely outrageous no passion no fight and it's the worst I've ever seen the England side play the, the players tonight showed absolutely nothing for this country mm-hmm. watching that game was just it was just a shambles all round Rashford he waits till 85th minute to bring Rashford on he looked like our best player he, he, he ran right defenders, if he, why would you wait 85 minutes when you need a goal to, to get back into the game? I just don't understand it. You wait two subs, what, do nothing, and you wait till the like 85th minute to make another. I just don't understand it at all.
3: Oh, no.
2: So those were the views from the supporters in the fan parks and also people on the radio not so happy and I think that's everyone covered. Um, Let me just check my Facebook. Yeah, nothing... Oh, hang on a sec, there's another... Oh, my blocked contacts folder seems to have a message. Ah, this is awkward. Sean Barker. Let's press play.
0: Hi, this is uh, Sean from Wellington, New Zealand. Uh, I really love the show, Um, especially Sam. um, Not so keen on the other fella. Uh, My thoughts on the England game. Wow. Um, I'd actually stuck up for the team through the group stage. Felt that we uh, were playing pretty well, creating chances, just not scoring, and that it would all come right. And, whoa, did it spectacularly all crash and become awful. With that game, first couple of minutes looked great, scored a goal, here we go, all on. And then a couple of minutes later, all over. Um, Absolutely abysmal, second half in particular. No one wanted to be the guy that made a mistake, it seems. So they all became so tepid that they all just made mistake after mistake. But no one wanted to shoot, no one wanted to take anyone on. People are starting to think about their holidays and let the ball go underneath their foot. Um, Best player, Rashford, for four minutes. So, you know, glad he had a good run out. But truly, truly awful. Um, but hey, you know, at least now we'll be able to rebuild and have a complete overhaul of the FA in England. And you know, in the next tournament, it'll be it'll, it'll be so much better. Sounds familiar.
2: It certainly does. Familiar as does that voice, Mister Sean Barker. Do come back soon. I I don't know why you're in my block contacts in Facebook. I think I think someone must have pressed the wrong button somewhere. Sean, honestly. Hmm. England suffered their worst humiliation since they were knocked out of the 1950 World Cup by USA in Brazil as Iceland shot them in the last 16 of the Euros. Roy Hodgson resigned after the abject embarrassment of losing to a nation ranked 34th in the world despite taking the lead through Wayne Rooney's fourth-minute penalty. Iceland equalised within a minute as England failed to deal with a trademark long throw and Ragnar Sigurdsson bundled home from close range. England's shameful performance was summed up in the 18th minute when goalkeeper Joe Hart was badly at fault, just as in the win over Wales, as he let in Sig shot through his hand. Hodgson made changes as Iceland dug in, but the underdogs had as many chances as England did before the final whistle blew on their 2016 hopes and his four-year tenure as manager. So as I said before, we've got Joel Fabian here. He's a friend from uni. He hails from Colchester. He's a red devil at heart since he was a young lad, but he's become an avid cherries fan, and of course, he's a staunch
3: supporter of the Three Lions too. Joel, how are you? Yeah, how's it going, man? Uh, well, doing doing moderately good after yesterday, but. So,
2: how did you feel this morning? What were your um, what were your overriding feelings?
3: I I mean, like you know. Like we've known each other a long time, right? And I don't normally get that upset by the the England games and like the performances and you know, geez, we got we've got plenty of, of bad ones to sort of you know go <laughs> to, go back through the memory banks with. But I don't, there was just something about yesterday that was just so it was just so soul destroying, like gutting. Yeah. And yeah, I, just, I felt I felt absolutely rubbish this morning. And lots of proper stinky mood at work. And it's just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not good, man. Weirdly, good
2: weirdly, I actually didn't feel too bad. And I don't know quite why that was. But I was actually watching the match, like chuckling away at certain things that were happening. I mean, <laughs> we'll go through what happened uh, sort of, you know, minute by minute in the game ever so shortly. But basically, Roy Hodgson, he made... Six changes with the lineup, but effectively it was the same side that started against Russia, barring Daniel Sturridge coming in for Adam Lalana. Um, one of the things that people were talking about and they were a bit irate by and a bit confused by was Raheem Sterling coming back in. Let's just take his performance yesterday aside. So, you know, based on how he'd done so far, do you think he should have been back in
3: the lineup? Yeah, well, why? Why always makes some funny <laughs> decisions, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, but like also Liana. What did Liana do? To get dropped as well? Yeah, exactly. another one too. That was just that was a weird decision. And they were saying that we were playing a team that were the same players for the last four matches. So, how is it that Iceland know what their team is and we don't? And you know, it was like it was pretty much the story every games that he was still tinkering, even when we were playing in the tournament. And then it came to the the most important game we've we had so far, and he goes and makes another six changes. And uh, yeah, they, I mean, they were saying on they were saying on my uh, match today, it just looked like he had no clue what he was doing. Mm. He had no idea what he was doing. He had no idea what his best players were. He didn't bring any wingers with him apart from Sterling, hmm. um, because he didn't bring uh, Andros Townsend or Oxley Chamberlain. Although I think Oxley Chamberlain might, might have been injured. But, yes. Um, he didn't bring any wingers at all, so he couldn't change uh, Sterling hmm. if he wanted to. And uh, and yeah, Lalana didn't deserve to be dropped. I don't I don't get what that, that was about. Was, well, he played quite well. Um, but yeah, he just goes and drops him for storage and and playing players out of position that shouldn't be in those positions mm. uh, yeah it was, just, it, was, it was mental it was bizarre I'm not seen I've never seen anything like that from england so uh, yeah i mean he makes so
2: he makes all the changes then he pretty much reverted to his original side but the thing is what you've got is a lack of momentum Because, you know, six of those, well, five of those players or whatever weren't playing against Slovakia. So there's there's not the momentum there. And uh, on the previous show with Sean, he said, you know, not having the momentum may not bode well in the next round. And it seemed to be the case. However, England did start very brightly didn't they and it was a long ball over the top and it was um, Raheem Sterling that sort of drew the foul in the penalty area I I actually didn't think the referee was going to give it at first but um, he he just got a touch on the ball and then you know the keeper uh, you know connected with him afterwards and I instantly thought Raheem Sterling Brilliant. What a master stroke from Roy Hodgson. And then Rooney steps up and scores the penalty. And we're all feeling at this stage like Steve McLaren, feeling positive and happy. We'll talk about that clip a bit later on. Um, <laughs> what were your feelings for those 42 seconds whilst we were 1-0 up, Joel? I,
3: I felt actually... It was weird because I thought it was a soft penalty, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. It was pretty soft. And I felt really bad for... A little bit bad for Iceland, actually, Mm. but you know, as it turns out, I shouldn't have been worried for too long because, you know, I mean, Jesus, it was like one of the shortest-lived positive moments (laughs) I think I'd ever ever seen. It was just, yeah, it was crazy, man. It was totally crazy. The um, I mean, what what did they do after the kickoff? They kicked the ball downfield, and that was it, wasn't it? Pretty much, it was straight from kickoff. Yeah, I think clear it downfield. And then one of our players heads it out. They throw, they do a long throw, uh, knock it on. And uh, what was his name? Um, I'm sounding like a right football expert now. Oh yeah, Sigurdsson. Right, uh, right back goes and loses his man. Our, um, oh right. Yeah. doesn't go and follow in either. And then next, you know, they like throw and go and heading the ball in. Them. And yeah, it, it was kind of weird because I felt almost like justice was was sort of done. A mm. little bit. You, you worry about these teams like you, you think Iceland okay right they're going to they can see the goal within three minutes and you think oh man that's that's kind of unfair you know, especially from a penalty are we going to absolutely roast them now yeah and it just never even felt like that at all especially when that equaliser went in I was just I was bricking it yeah it, absolutely bricking it and uh, it I was
2: saying to a lot of people uh, during the sort of previous first days, if England score first, they will absolutely annihilate them. And we did, yeah. but that was assuming that they would concede straight <laughs> afterwards. And um, it was, I mean, it wasn't too long before they then scored their second. That was about uh, 12 minutes later. And that was uh, Sig Thorson who scored right footed shot from the centre of the box. Um, it was assisted by uh, John Daddy Bavardson. And. It wasn't the strongest of efforts. Joe Hart was at fault there, surely, Joel.
3: Yeah. The, uh... It was probably... It was a nice sort of height, wasn't it? It wasn't hit particularly hard. Um, he's, he made a couple of... he's made, He's been a little bit uncertain all the tournament, hasn't he? And mm. I don't know. Like, look, I mean, what do you think? Do you, do you think he's, he's too loyal to certain players?
2: Um... Yes, Roy Hodgson is. For instance, there were players that could have been included that weren't, Danny Drinkwater, um, Mark Noble, yet he goes for Jack Wilshire in the middle who has barely played a game all season because he's, he's one of his favourites. I mean, I know Jack Wilshire came on in the um, friendly... You know, we were at Wembley watching uh, the match against Portugal, weren't we? And when Wilshire yeah. came on, he did all right. You know, a few twists and turns and he sort of managed to open up the game. But I do feel as though there are... The players that have you know that earned it have a lot more than you know than what he has. So, yeah,
3: I'll show you a classic example. Yeah, he, he is just. How can he pick a guy that has played next to no football against a guy that's played almost every game mm. the season and played for the champions of the Premier League of the Premier League as well? But you know, and uh, and then like Joe Hart has. He's looked a little bit. He's had shaky moments. Yes. For a couple of seasons down, you've got Jack Buckland, you've got Fraser Forster, who are looking like quality alternatives. And they didn't even get a game. They didn't even get a game. They didn't even get a game in the group stages. Hmm. Um, It was just, yeah. Yeah, honestly, I... I don't know. I don't know what to to make of it, really.
2: Yeah, a lot of people are saying Thanks. that Joe Hart was almost too pumped up before the game. The camera sort of panned to him, and he was kind of pumping his chest, and he was yeah. uh almost too hyped. And the you know a lot of experts have said you know, he, he's got to calm down. Um, all this kind of nervous energy. Is not good, and uh, he flailed at that. And um, what I what I love about the instant nature of Twitter and social media and stuff are these tweets and things that go around. We'll talk about them a bit later on. But yeah, two one to Iceland, and we had uh, chances to bring it back um, to two all. Harry Kane had a had an excellent volley, um, and but, you know they were half chances. I mean, Iceland probably had one of the most clearest chances that was in the second half with that overhead kick and it was yeah. only just fortunate that it was straight at Joe Hart otherwise that would have been three
3: one. Yeah, I think I think uh, Gunnarsson as well like had a he had a one on one and one as well. Mm. Um, towards the end, yeah, I mean they they looked like they they were more capable of extending the lead. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know, about you as well. Like I, I was expecting a reaction at mm. the start of the second half. Oh yeah, and yeah, it never came at all, and. I know, it, was, it was it was so weird to watch it was like it was like sort of this is going to show my my geeky side coming across yeah. Okay, but it was like the equivalent of a blue screen of death on Windows <laughs> and they just they just had no idea of how to restart at all they just yeah. and like and Rooney was probably one of the biggest culprits as well so they were saying that we were a young team and we didn't have any leaders out on the pitch what's Rooney then what's mm. he I mean, like he's one of our most experienced players, and he fell apart completely. He absolutely fell apart, and then all the young players are standing there watching this going on. It looked like it was like a computer reset button going off, and like everyone was just going, "What? What, what do we do? Hmm. What do? We do now?" And yeah,
2: it was, oh, it was bizarre. There was, there, there was, there was a, yeah, there was a real severe lack of um, cohesion there, and no one really seemed like they knew what they were doing in fact there was there was one moment which has been captured on an animated gif i love these animated gifs that go around um where roy hodgson was you know the camera panned into roy hodgson and you could see roy looking up at the big screen and then he tries to look like he's got a plan so he scratches his chin like a (laughs) bond villain and (laughs) it was just
3: like did you hear about the one where um they had the the prince william and uh the head of the FA, were at uh, the Portugal-England match. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it was the Portugal-England match. And basically the camera panned to mm. them while they were singing the national anthem. Mm. And the head of the FA saw that they were on the screen and then put a little bit more effort into his singing <laughs> for the national anthem. It was like, yeah, I don't think I'm quite, you know, putting the putting the pipes through this. So I'm really just going just gonna to give it 150%. Of the <laughs> yeah. just so I look like, you know, people are loving it. It's, yeah.
2: But, I mean, they didn't That's seem painful. to know. Look- Yeah, I mean, to me, they just didn't seem to know how to break them down. Now, on Twitter, I was liaising with, you know, chatting with a lot of people um, about, you know, the way we're playing. And effectively, apart from a last-minute goal, we'd have had three points and, you know, barely qualified for the last 16. Um, Iceland had an average of 28% possession, uh, 28 possession in their first three group games. So... Yet they, you know, they they did incredibly well to qualify. Some people were saying last night it's a shock. Um, to me, it actually wasn't that much of a shock. Yes, if you consider the size of our populations and, uh, you know, the football leagues and all that kind of stuff, yes, it was. But, you know, when when Bournemouth went up to Chelsea and beat them 1-0, yes, in terms of the size of the club, it's a shock. But on league form, it wasn't that much of a shock because Chelsea were only a couple of points ahead of us. Um, People were saying, you know, wait until we play a team who who try to attack us. When we play that, you know, the game will be open and we'll break them down. But why would teams choose to play like that when they know that they can just defend for their lives and hit us on the counter against a largely inexperienced international defence? We drew against Russia... Yeah. you know in, like as I said barring a last minute goal against Wales we drew against them we drew against Slovakia and then the, you know the Icelandic uh, you know management team one of whom is a dentist by trade we <laughs> I mean, what yeah. um, you know they did an absolute number I was I was fairly amused by it all. did you see um did you see Steve McLaren on Sky Sports News Joel oh I don't
3: know what did he say no. it's
2: it's hilarious if you say? if you manage to see it you know that Sky Sports haven't got was the coverage. Was it,
3: with the, was it with the Dutch action...
2: <laughs> yeah. For once it wasn't with the Dutch accent. But you know on Sky Sports, they you know they didn't actually have the rights to show it. So it shows Steve McLaren, he's got his headset on and he's explaining what's going on. At this point it's one all in the game. And he's saying, Look, England got no problem, they've just got to restart and it's gonna be fine, we're gonna hit a few goals past them. We just need to calm down, play our well, play our way. I'm fully confident we're gonna do this, it's gonna be brilliant, it's gonna be fantastic. Where and his face then just drops as Iceland score and it's the it's the best 40 minutes uh, sorry 40 seconds of um, video that I've seen on Twitter today uh, you know oh, I've got to check this out. yeah
3: seeing anything with Steve McLaren having his pants but right over that's it. just hilarious yeah so
2: yeah it's we're out and Roy Hodgson straight after the final whistle said goodbye a very short statement it, do you think that's the right decision
3: yeah definitely yeah, definitely. I think um, I mean he said he was he said he was going like, to hang up after the the tournament anyway. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this is the most unbelievable stat that like you said that one of them was a dentist. The coach for Iceland was a dentist mm. as well, by by his nine to five job, and we paid four point six million. Yeah. For Roy, for Roy Hodgson. And so what did we pay for? You know, what was the tactical genius that we paid for? Like five million quid for. Mm. So there's a lot
2: of talk about the next England manager. Now this is usually an AFC Bournemouth podcast, and it's not a surprise to Bournemouth fans that Eddie Howe's name has been mentioned. To me, it's a little bit too soon for him, but I don't know out of the people that you've heard. I mean, we'll hear later on in the podcast on club news, some of the runners and riders, who would you like to see um, su-
3: succeed in? I, to be honest, I, I was like apart from Eddie Howe. Sorry, Bournemouth fans, but uh, yeah, apart from Eddie Howe in the list, I, I thought there's not a lot of options really, is there? It's a bit, it's a bit scary. Um, in terms of uh, English managers, in terms of, in terms of English managers, I was thinking like ha- I was like thinking about Wales the other day. You think of like all the quality potential managers they've got coming up, like like Pulis and everything like that as soon as Chris Coleman decides he's he's had enough mm. they've got like Pulis waiting in the wings yeah and uh, they've got quality Premier League managers that can come in and yeah I mean like, I think you're right I think Eddie Howe is maybe a little bit too young yet mm. sort of take it on but I mean is is international football really that much of a step up from the Premier League I mean if he can do it in the Premier League why can't he do it in international man- uh, management but um I mean there was I, you know I sound like I'm a match of the day buddy like fan here, but um Shearer offered his services during the during the, the programme mm. and like you know why not? I think Shearer why not? He's maybe we should be doing like what a lot of other countries are doing and and, and actually bring in former players to manage the, these players because at least then they should have some respect. These these are guys that have been there, done it. You know, won one Premier Leagues, won titles, mm. wherever. And if they can't respect someone like Alan Shearer, then you know, they don't want to respect, respect anyone. I think that would be a really good shout, actually. Maybe like a co- coalition. You know, the, I mean, there was talk about Glenn Hall. I'm not sure if that's such a good idea, but you know, a few players. Mm. It's going there. Why not? Completely sort of. I don't think Gareth Southgate's. You know, so there's always chat about Gareth Southgate. I mean, what? So he was great for relegating Middlesbrough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so being a little bit of a wet blanket. I mean, pfft. well, even I mean, uh, even, even Roy Hodgson uh,
2: wasn't exactly a revelation in his club career. I mean, he didn't exactly uh, pull up trees at Liverpool, did he? Um, <laughs> so, pfft, yeah, I, you know, at the time, I I wanted Harry Redknapp, but I think maybe that ship has sailed now. Um,
3: yeah. But I don't Do you know how old Harry now. He's probably what he's in his late sixties. Yes, I mean, yeah, it's you know, like you as well. I was expecting Harry Redknapp to be announced mm. as the as the next manager, and then when it was when it was Roy, it's just, just a little bit of disbelief. Yeah, actually. Um, like you say he he'd just been he'd been sacked by Liverpool, and uh, I think what his probably his, his best time was maybe at Fulham or something like that. I yeah. Mean,
2: yeah not great not great well it's it's been uh it's been horrible but we'll talk um in a moment about uh who we think is going to win euro 2016 but a regular feature for those who listen to back of the net now and a chance to quiz your brains of england players of the past with yet another do you remember This footballer was born in Merseyside on 2nd of September 1982 and is commonly known by a shortened version of his first name. He's one of a select few players to play for both Liverpool and Everton in his youth career. His first professional club was Manchester City in 2002 and since then he's played for teams in the top two tiers of English football, the top French tier and now the Scottish Premiership. He has one Cap for England, which came about in 2007 when England played Spain. His inclusion came as a surprise after he publicly berated many of the England team for releasing books after their poor showing at the 2006 World Cup. Famed for his outspoken tweeting, the player has been described as the dirtiest player in the Premier League, a style reflected in the high number of fouls he has committed during his career. He played for Manchester City, Newcastle United, QPR, Marseille, Burnley and now Rangers. So that was this week's. Do you remember on back of the net? And I do still have Mr. Joel Fabian on the line, who is who is listening intently to those clothes. Joel, um,
3: do you know who that was? Yeah, I think i got a pretty good idea, actually. His comments about Gary Neville last night as well were hilarious.
2: Okay, okay. well, don't tell us because people at home have got about 10, 15 minutes to get it right. But what I'll do is I'll connect with you at the end of the show and uh, we'll see if you got it right. But now on Back of the Net, it is time for the England Euro 2016 Club News. Oh, yeah. Quick heads up. No puns this week, but I have done a few bad accents. England, you Gareth Southgate should not be the next England boss, says Harry. And Gareth Southgate being favourite to succeed Roy Hodgson as England manager is scary, says Harry Redknapp. But Redknapp said Southgate was only seen as a favourite for the job because he had won a second-rate tournament with England under-21s in Toulon. Why should he get it in front of Steve Bruce and Sam Allardyce, who are proven managers? Asked the former QPR boss When it was suggested that Southgate knew the way the Football Association worked As well as the English system Redknapp responded Knows what system? The losing system? He knows the losing formula? I like Gareth Southgate He's a terrific lad But what's he done? Media reacts to Iceland's shock win Of course, Viking conquests of England are nothing new Those were the words of Iceland's Reykjavik Grapevine newspaper. For them, the result was not a big surprise. History was on their side. Throughout Euro 2016, the newspaper has provided coverage of Iceland's sparkling campaign, which is rivalled only by the breathless TV commentary of Gummy Ben. Yes, we've heard him. Even before a ball was kicked, Iceland was ready for Brexit too. In France, Le Monde newspaper says, ''They're not afraid of anybody.'' Les Blues will have celebrated, but they hope one thing not to become the next victims of these incredible football players who have come in from the cold. However, the jeering was too much for leading Welsh language campaigner and real FC fan Fred Francis, who wrote on Twitter Instead of revelling in England's loss, Wales should congratulate Iceland, another small country that's shown how to win at Euro 2016. Finally, in the Australian Daily Telegraph, Martin Gibbs said... To understand the true depth of England's defeat to Iceland, you need every letter of every alphabet. Alright, alright, calm down. We won't mention the rugby, eh? The bets are on for New England manager. So, let's look at the runners and riders. Mr Eddie Howe. We all know about him. The Bournemouth manager has led the club to the top flight of English football for the first time ever. He's secured three promotions during his time with the Cherries. Brad Jones, England fan, says, Eddie Howe would be my choice. He's the top English manager in the Premier League and would be an excellent choice. Gary Neville. The former Manchester United defender has worked closely with Roy Hodgson and England in recent years, but a brief spell in Spain managing Valencia didn't end too well, although some of the England fans we spoke to believe he could work. Harry Redknapp Harry Redknapp was linked heavily to the England position before Roy Hodgson was appointed four years ago. The former Tottenham manager has recently been working with the Jordan national team. It's unlikely the Football Association will revisit Harry as an option, but he's certainly a fan's favourite. Hemir Halgrimson and Lars Lagerback. Iceland's management executed a masterful game plan over England, so it's no surprise they got a mention. Halgrimsson is a dentist by trade, but we're sure the FA would allow him to work part-time. And of course, other names that have banded about include Rafael Benitez, Alan Pardew, and Sam Allardyce. Who's your pick?
0: England, you're ready
2: thank you very much Mr Newsreader for the news there well it, it was actually me but thanks anyway Sam uh, so that was the Euro 2016 news and uh, yeah it's um it's all going on at the moment what with Brexit at the moment and everything it's uh, it's all up in the air however there is a tournament still to be played and it is the quarter finals now so yeah we've got some interesting quarter finals Mr Joel Fabian is still on the line with us and uh, we're just going to have a brief overview of who we think is going to win this damn thing england of course are out but the games we've got then are poland v portugal wales versus belgium germany versus italy and france versus ireland so eight teams left um are there any well firstly are there any ties you're looking forward to but you know have you got a name in there that you think their name
3: is on this trophy already I can't, I can't wait to see Iceland play again. I think they just, they, like, they're like they what this whole tournament's been about. Just these sort of crazy little nations just sort of tearing the big boys a new one, isn't it? That's going to be quality to see them play again. But um, watching Italy play the other night, I, 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 I absolutely love watching them play. Mm. And they just put, they put a smile on my face when I see them play because there is just no team that embodies a team. Yeah, more than Italy does. I mean, you look at the players that Germany and Spain have got, and they they absolutely battered Spain. Yeah, they did. It? it was, they they were so good. I, I you know I, I would want them to win it. I don't know whether they're going to, but I think they're they're definitely capable of it. Of it. And considering Germany have never beaten them in a competitive competition, I think I think they're they're a very good shout to win it. And I I would love to see them win it. They just sort of. I think probably their biggest player is what is is still Buffon, isn't it? They're yeah. Good. Yeah. And they just they just play a hundred and ten percent for each other, and uh, yeah, it's just awesome to watch. And um, plus, also, you know, their name sounds great with chicken. So. <laughs> yeah. But, but, one go for
2: that, I love that. But I mean, on the on the one side of the draw, then um, you've got you know, out of these four teams, there will be a finalist. Poland, Portugal, Wales, Belgium. Um, who
3: would you say? I'd love. I'd love to say Wales. See, so, I mean, like you're thinking qualif- qualification. They they gave Belgium a roasting, yeah, didn't they? But then I don't know after that last game, Belgium suddenly woken up after going. Put in, was it four, four past Hungary, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. they looked they looked annoyingly good then. Um, yeah, my my heart says Wales, but I think probably my head says Belgium. Mm. Um,
2: probably. Yeah, it's it's certainly going to be um, it's certainly going to be an interesting one. So yeah, Joel's Joel's saying probably a Belgium Germany final. It's it's going to be an interesting contest. Uh, you know, sometimes you can't see past the Germans sometimes, but I, I'm with you on this. I've loved the way that Italy have played. Um, the way they took Spain apart. And when they went in one nil at half time, it was, you know, they could have had three or four and I'm not even exaggerating. They really could have absolutely annihilated the Spanish, but um, you know, two nil on any terms is a decent result. And uh, they just seem to have um, the great mix of getting players behind the ball when they need to being quick on the counter attack, being strong in the tackle. I, and like you, I I actually really enjoy watching them play. So, um... yeah, yeah. I,
3: would... I don't know how they do it every every tournament. They just you can never write them off. No, that's and right. Conte has just got them playing with so much energy and like and like you say, strength tackle. They just they're just so much fun to watch. Just brilliant. Love watching them play. Yeah, it uh, it should be a
2: very interesting one. So then, Joel, uh, you know, I'm going to, you know, balls out of the bath on this one. That's a bit of an Alan Partridge of me, is it? So your <laughs> team to win Euro 2016, uh, let's go for head and heart. Your head says and your heart says?
3: My head says Germany, my heart says Italy.
2: I'm actually with you on that. I'm absolutely with you on that in unison. What do you think? Make sure you tweet us. We're at AFCB Podcast, and you can also give our Facebook page a like and comment on there, facebook.com forward slash AFCB Podcast as well. So that's it from back of the net, the England Euro 2016 podcast. Now, many of you will know we're actually staunch AFC Bournemouth fans here. So, of course, the podcasts will continue. But unfortunately, it is au revoir for the England Euro 2016 podcasts. But remember... If you want to hear more of our dulcet tones, do subscribe. You can listen on iTunes, press that subscribe button. It's afcbpodcast.com forward slash iTunes or subscribe on YouTube, afcbpodcast.com forward slash YouTube. That will take you to iTunes, take you to YouTube. We're also on Mixcloud, Acast as well. There's no excuse not to subscribe. And tell your friends as well, ready for the next season at the Vitality Stadium where AFC Bournemouth are gonna win the league, eh? Well, maybe not. But we've got a few things to wrap up before we go. Not least, Joel, thank you very much for coming on this podcast.
3: Pleasure dude. Absolute pleasure.
2: And we wanna know if you got this week's
3: Do You Remember? Did you did you manage to get who it was? Yeah, um Um it's gotta be the, the one and only Joey Barton.
2: Yes, well done. It is, Jerry Barton. Well, fantastic, Joel. Uh, you're a lot better at guessing than I am because I, I don't usually put this feature together. It's a, it's my fellow colleague who couldn't make this uh, week's show, Sean, and I, I, I usually really struggle, but you got that one absolutely spot on. Joel, thank you very much for coming on, sir. No
3: worries, man. Quality stuff.
2: So this has been Back of the Net, the England Euro 2016 podcast. And we're going to leave you with the best bits of England's Euro campaign. England.
0: England. 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 Oh, here's Gaspar. is he's going to finish a here. Yeah! No! Gaspar! 2-0! Would you believe it?
1: From
0: yeah. one end of the field to the other. The crowd are in raptures. The England players, too. And England are marching towards the quarter final.